What's going on, good people, and welcome to Live by the Three Raptors podcast with your boy Curly. Give me a follow on Instagram at Live by the Period Number Three and on Twitter slash X at Live by the Zero Three. After a short break of no Raptors basketball, Raptors basketball is back, and yours truly is back as well. I do apologize for not providing a reaction pod for the Charlotte Hornets Raptors game, and. Due to some scheduling conflicts, was not able to get the weekly pod, but be on the lookout for that. It is still coming. I have a couple guests in mind that you'll definitely want to be tuning in for. They are sound basketball minds, and I'm sure you will enjoy it. And I appreciate your patience, of course. But there's a lot of stuff to get into. Of course, we have the Raptors Knicks, but we're going to go in chronological order in terms of basketball. And we'll start off with the Hornets-Raptors. And my quick thoughts on that game. It was a disappointing one. The starting lineup continues to be a real question mark for this team as the season goes on. I believe their offensive rating is sitting at 103 and the average is between 113 and 119. You know I'm not a big numbers guy. It is what it is. The Raptors starting five is not very good. They're creating more negatives than positives. And I think a lot of it has to do with the hierarchy of things, how this team is being ran. Uh, We obviously know that Coach Darko wants the ball in Dennis Schroeder's hands. And that's part of the issue as well. But the Raptors' issues is not falling solely on that particular issue. It's an effort thing. It's an energy thing. You really don't know which version of the team you're going to get. And for a team that hangs its hat on the defensive end, you cannot come out flat ever on the defensive end. A lack of energy, lack of effort, a lack of intensity is unacceptable for a team that is being built on that side of the basketball and has been built for quite some time. And the Hornets simply just picked apart the Raptors with their shooting because they were converting open shots. Not to mention that scary Terry, Terry Rozier, a shot-creating guard, somebody that would look fabulous in a Raptors uniform, was doing his best impression of Steve Nash, getting 21 points and 13 assists. And a lot of those assists wasn't so much of his shot creation. It was the fact that the Hornets were left open and they were hitting shot after shot. And... Eventually, you'll get into a rhythm, which they did, and the Raptors had to play catch-up for the rest of the game, going down in the first quarter, 35-22, to but had a monster triple-double performance from Scotty Barnes, 31 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, and a very efficient game from Pascal, 25 points, OG chipped in with 11, Precious Chua, but a surprising 17-10, and 10, giving him a double-double. You would think that Scotty Barnes... 30-point triple-double would have been enough. And unfortunately, it was not. And we've seen multiple games, be it Pascal, OG, Dennis, Scotty, take your pick. They would have great performances, and the Raptors failed to close it out. The Hornets had six players in double digits, and their two of their role players, both big men, combining 26 points between Nick Richards and P.J. Washington. Other than the defense being porous, you're not going to win many games shooting six for 32 from three and I know the Raptors don't have a lot of shooting they recently called up Grady Dick and hopefully that will help 
some of the issues, but I'm not depending on the rookie, and I've said that multiple times, I'm not depending on Grady Dick to bail us out of these issues. And even when the Raptors dominate in categories that they should be dominating in, second chance points, points in the paint, points off turnovers, take your pick. It always comes down to one thing, and over the last few games, it's been the three-point shooting. That's a tough one to lose. I definitely thought that the Raptors would have used the Hornets as a building block in terms of taking a step in the right direction, work on the things that you need to be working on, especially the, with the fact that they do not have LaMelo Ball. To see them come up short is unfortunate. And they should be able to put away teams like the Hornets. But this season has not exactly gone according to plan. So before we get into the Knicks-Raptors, I'll just close with another thought. The in-season tournament, other than the courts being atrocious with the exception of a few, the jerseys being equally as atrocious, it was entertaining and it was great to see meaningful basketball in November. Ultimately, we had the Pacers and Lakers. I truly believe those are two teams that they did not expect to be in the in-season tournament finals. But ultimately, despite the rise to superstardom by Tyrese Halliburton in this in-season tournament, it simply was not enough for the trio of Anthony Davis, who rediscovered his old form going and looking like a top 10 player in the league, scoring 41 points, 20 rebounds on 16 for 24 shooting from the field, 5 assists, 4 blocks. Austin Reeves chipped in with 28 points. And LeBron James, love him or hate him, you already know how I feel about him, continues to look like a top 10 player in the league, even at 38 years old. And he finished the game with 24 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals, and ultimately winning MVP. It was great basketball. It was entertaining basketball. Of course, there could be some tweaks. I definitely feel that there should be a much greater incentive, be it an additional draft pick, home court advantage in the playoffs, Something a little bit more meaningful. And that's not to say that half a million dollars is something to stick your nose at. For some players, that's a lot of money, especially the guys on a two-way deal or non-guaranteed money. To see that coming into your bank account, I'm absolutely positive that is welcome. So a congratulations to the Lakers and a congratulations to the Pacers to, to get the national recognition and somewhat international recognition that they're a solid team. They're the best offensive team, historically a great offensive team uh, in the NBA. And they're fun to watch. They got something going on in Indiana, and they definitely put everybody on notice. I thought the in-season tournament was a great success. So hopefully the Raptors can be in something like that in the near future, but they have to take care of business. And now we move on to the game of the night the Raptors are on the road against the New York Knicks, taking them on an MSG, an always hostile environment. Going against a Knicks team that is going to be without Mitchell Robinson, who's been playing great for them this season. But he went down with a, with a lower leg injury, if I'm not mistaken. And it's tough. He, he's had a tough start to his career. Health has been a major issue for him. But... They have Julius Randle, they have Jalen Brunson, their leader, and R.J. Barrett. And they have great pieces, New York Knicks pieces, those blue-collar type guys that 
have bought into Coach Thibs' system and are a matchup nightmare for the Raptors. The Raptors are 0-6 against Atlantic Division rivals, but you are encouraged because you still got your core guys in Pascal, OG, Scotty. Uh, they recalled Grady Dick. And you are encouraged that the Raptors would have enough to hang around with the New York Knicks. It certainly did not seem like the case the first time that they played uh, where the Raptors lost 119-106. to 106. And this game certainly did not get off to the start that you would have wanted if you're the Raptors. A, a very slow effort defensively. They were not getting back on defense. They kept losing them in transition. And it looked like the Raptors were going to be playing catch-up for the rest of the game. But surprisingly, they battled. Scotty got going. OG got going. Pascal had a slow roll. Dennis Schroeder was awfully more efficient tonight in comparison to some of the games that he, we've had during this three-game losing streak. And they were able to tie the quarter 35 apiece. But they had one ongoing issue that plagued them all night long. It was the transition defense. It just seemed like any time the Raptors would score a bucket, the Knicks were pushing the ball up the floor to score in transition. And more times than not, they were definitely successful. But the Raptors gave them a taste of their own medicine for most of the night. Malachi Flynn had two possessions where he pushed the ball up the floor and they were able to get four points out of it. And it just seemed that the Raptors were just trying to stay in it. They, they put the defense aside. And clearly when you score the amount of points that you did tonight, you're not worried about the defensive end. But you have to buckle down at some point. Like it's great to get into a track meet. And the Raptors were certainly taking advantage of the Knicks when they were backpedaling. Had some nice drive and kick opportunities. OG got it going from outside. He went 5 for 11. Scotty had... Three threes as well. Pascal had one. Schroeder had a couple. They were doing enough to stay in it. But with this team, there's always something that has to give. They had a great start in the first quarter. But in the fourth quarter, especially in the back half of the fourth quarter, that's when things started to fall apart. For the most part, the Raptors took care of the basketball. Most notably in the first half. In the second half, that was a completely different story. Turning over the ball in key moments, the Knicks knew exactly what the Raptors were trying to do, and that was to get into the paint, and they packed the paint, and it led to turnovers by Pascal, by OG, and it led to transition opportunities on the opposing end. And I don't think there's a team like the Raptors that give up more momentum-breaking plays than they do right now. Those turnovers were costly. Even towards the end of the game, there was less than two minutes. A costly turnover from Scotty Barnes as the Raptors were trying to chip away at the lead. And just to summarize exactly how this game finished for the Raptors, they had 15 seconds left. They were down six. They couldn't even get a shot off. Schroeder stumbled. OG then stumbled. Then Precious took... An open three at the remaining seconds of the game. And that's exactly how the Raptors lost the game. 136 to 130. Just a failure to close out the game accordingly. Scotty Barnes got it going in the second half. OG got it going in the second half as well. They started to go to Pascal in the dying minutes of the fourth. It was just too little too late. 
the ball again sticking in Schroeder's hands. He took uh, a momentum-killing shot, in my humble opinion, that led to, I believe, a layup by R.J. Barrett. And the Raptors were forced to call a timeout. And it's another one of those games where the Raptors fail to ride the hot hand. OG got it going. He kept us in the game. And he barely got touches in the fourth. I, I personally thought that he stayed on the bench a little bit too long. And I thought that Schroeder could have sat out a little bit despite Gary not giving you what he's supposed to be giving you coming off the bench. And that in itself is an issue. But you have to find your main guys. And I'm, and I'm not saying that Schroeder did not have a very good game tonight. He definitely did getting a double-double, 20 points, 10 assists. But Scotty got it going. You need to find him. OG had it going. You need to find him. Pascal is a great offensive hub, and you've found success when you go into him. He should have the ball. There is no reason why the Raptors cannot ride the hot hand whenever they're available, especially when it's tough for them to get it going offensively. The Raptors shot 47 for 96 from the field at 49%, 14 for 39 from three, which is encouraging in comparison to the six threes that they hit against the Hornets. They shot 36% from three, and... A decent job from the free throw line, but still free throws being left on the board. 22 for 30 at 73%. The Knicks shot 52 for 86 from the field at 61%. 17 for 29 from 3 at 59%. And 15 for 23 from the free throw line at 65%. It was just another one of those games where the Raptors did not have the juice defensively. The Knicks shooting around 60%. And you're supposed to be a defensive-minded team is simply unacceptable. Defense is a mindset. Defense is a mentality. You have to want to play defense. And it just seems at times that the Raptors either don't have the energy or they don't have the interest. Or they def they definitely feel that they can get themselves in at any point of the game. I'm not saying that is the case. But when you have players coming off the bench... And they absolutely cook you from the perimeter. And I'm talking about Quentin Grimes. He scored 19 points coming off the bench. Going 5 for 7 from 3. Josh Hart simply has our number. It's probably because Masai didn't trade for him. And he's stuck in that situation. But he, he always plays well against us. And we can look at the stats all night. To me, it's simply an effort thing. It's simply the Raptors continue to struggle with consistency on the defensive end and for a team that has offensive limitations where at times you really don't know where the offense is coming from playing sound defense will keep you in the game and it did for the most part it really really did it was just too many costly mistakes turning over the ball at the wrong time forcing tough shots not recognizing what the defense is doing and not finding the hot hand. These are things that the Raptors should be doing on a consistent basis, but unfortunately do not. But let's quickly go into the individual stats. Pascal Siakam, solid game from him. It was a slow roll for him, but he was competing on the defensive end. He was looking to create for others, and he took his opportunities when they became available. Nothing seemed really forced tonight. If I had to pick an issue for Pascal, it was it would definitely be his free throws. Going 3 for 7 is simply unacceptable. But 20 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists, 4 steals. 
on 8 for 15, shooting from the field, 1 for 2 from 3, and as I said, 3 for 7 from the free throw line. OG Ananobi, one of his better offensive games this season, and his better offensive games in general. He looked under control for the most part. He was punching the gaps. He was finding his way to the rim. He was bullying people out of the way, taking his bumps, and still finishing. Just a solid game from him, not to mention that he was playing great defense as well. It was a nice bounce back game for OG. I don't really have too many negatives to say about OG other than he has trouble when guys are bullying him in the chest that use the power game against him, giving him a taste of his own medicine. It's definitely an uphill challenge for him and obviously more exhausting. But to see him, despite that, to still score 29 points is nothing short but impressive. Five rebounds, two assists, and a steal on an 11 for 20 shooting from the field. Five for 11 from three, and two for two from the free throw line. Scotty Barnes, another solid game. He just does a little bit of everything well. When he was struggling to get it going, he was being a great hub on the offense, especially on the elbow. And when he needed to call his number, he had no hesitation, especially from three. They were daring him to shoot, and he made them pay. One of my favorite shots was, I believe, his first three and his first bucket for the game. Julius Randle was guarding him at the top. Scotty looked at him and just shot the three with no hesitation, basically saying, if you're going to leave me open, I'm going to take that shot. And he made them pay. And minus the turnover at the end, he played a very solid game. He competed on the defensive end. He was aggressive offensively he kept pressure on the Knicks he did what he had to do despite being a minus 10 he was definitely effective 20 points six rebounds five assists two steals on seven for 13 shooting from the field three for eight from three and three for three from the free throw line Yaka Pirtle a decent game but again due to matchups had a tough time staying on the floor didn't get into any foul trouble but just could not keep up with the guard play of the Knicks and the size of Hartenstein, Randall, and even Josh Hart, while he's not big, he's definitely a pest on the glass, made it a tough night in the office for Jakob. Only playing 24 minutes tonight, and that's certainly not something you want to see from your $20 million man. 11 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists on 3 for 6 shooting from the field, and 5 for 8 from the free throw line. And Dennis Schroeder... Despite the ball being in his hands as often as it is, was definitely more of a creator and was working his way within the offense. Didn't force the issue, only took 12 shots and getting a very efficient 20 and 10, the 10 being assists. And he was able to get to the free throw line going 6 for 7 from the stripe and I thought this was a a good bounce back game for Dennis. I thought it was a well-balanced game from him. It was just towards the end where he should have been giving up the ball or should have been in Pascal's hands or Scotty's hands. It's one of those things where he has to be able to choose his spots. And he did for most of the game. It just was unfortunate. In the end, did not happen the way it should have. But this game certainly did not come down to one possession. 20 points, 10 assists, as I previously mentioned, giving him a double-double. And he hit a couple threes as well, one being in the clutch to cut into the Knicks deficit, but simply was not enough. Quickly going to the role players, Chris Boucher left the game with a left 
thigh contusion. Did not return. Did not have much of an impact. Went 2 for 8 from the field. 0 for 4 from 3. Only getting 5 points and 3 rebounds. Precious Achua. Not a bad game from him. When he's able to get out in space. Like he did in a few moments this game. He was impactful. His shot from 3. While he only went 1 for 4. Looked a lot better. Looked a lot more confident. But. Staying disciplined on the defensive end is something that he definitely has to work on. And overall, it has been good. It just needs to be consistent. Getting four fouls definitely interfered with his playing time tonight. Only getting 21 minutes, 9 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, and 1 steal on 3 for 8 shooting from the field. As I mentioned, 1 for 4 from 3, 2 for 2 from the free throw line, which is definitely encouraging. Malachi Flynn. Solid game from him. Definitely had his moments. At this point, you got to take the good with the bad. He gave us 10 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists, but he also had 3 turnovers. And he competed on the defensive end. Despite all that, he's still a plus 3 on 4 for 5 shooting and 2 for 2 from the free throw line. I thought he looked great in transition. I thought that there were some opportunities where he could have kicked it out to Scotty or possibly OG on some possessions, even Precious as well. They did connect one time throughout the game. Other than those few missed opportunities, he looked like a backup point guard. Uh, whatever side of the fence that you fall on when it comes to Malachi Flynn, I certainly do not have high expectations from him, but he's definitely surpassing what we expected from him. He's getting the opportunity. He's making the most of it. And if he doesn't turn out to a decent backup point guard for the Raptors, at least there's an option where the Raptors can hopefully capitalize from his positive play and turn him into something that the Raptors can benefit from on a consistent basis. Gary Trent Jr., not a great game from him. Missed a lot of open shots, settled for difficult ones. I'm a huge, huge fan of the idea of putting him in the starting lineup because I definitely feel that Schroeder would do much better coming off the bench. But if... Gary, and while he has not been great off the bench in general, him going two for eight is definitely making Coach Darko's job difficult to keep him on the floor. He has to give him something. He has to have positive minutes whenever he gets on the floor, be it 10 minutes or 30 minutes. He needs to find a way to be impactful. And you've seen flashes of it with his ability to grab rebounds and have a couple of assists per game. It just needs to be a little bit more consistent. Find your value, and I definitely feel that Gary's struggling with that right now. Four points, one rebound, two assists on two for eight shooting, 0 for four from three, and no attempt from the free throw line. And Grady Dick, it was great to see him on the floor again. I know he was dealing with an illness as well as being called back up from the 905. Uh, he tried to give it a go. Unfortunately, it did not happen. Got one attempt from the field to go, giving him two points, and he had one personal foul. I would love to see him back in the lineup. I want him to see, to get more consistent minutes. It has not been pretty. You definitely want to give him his reps. And the Raptors can benefit from a player of Grady Dick's talents. There's a reason why they drafted him. While it has not been a smooth start for him, I definitely feel that you have to stick with him and put him in a position to be successful. And hopefully Grady can reward you for those efforts as well and with that loss the Raptors have lost four games in a row bringing their record to 9 and 14 
However, they're coming back home from some home cooking, and sometimes that's exactly what you need to play host to the Atlanta Hawks on December 13th and December 15th for those home-and-home home series. These are both teams that are struggling right now. Both have losing records. Uh, despite the great play of Trey Young has not been turning into winning basketball, even with resigning DeJounte Murray. They have great pieces there. They're figuring it out. Coach Snyder is off to a rocky start, but we have seen his success in Utah. And rocky starts have been pretty much the mantra for this Raptors team. I think if we're looking at a soft preview against the Atlanta Hawks, do the things that are going to win you games. This is a team that likes to get up the floor, likes to score in transition, likes to shoot a ton of threes. To me, it's simple. Be sound defensively do not lose your man in transition do not lose your man in the half court whatever defense that they decide to play be it a 2-3 zone a 3-2 zone a box and one whatever the case might be stick to your man like glue chances are you're gonna have Schroeder on Trey Young you have you definitely have OG that can give him fits but I imagine that they're going to let Schroeder take the lead on this. There's going to be a lot of screen and roll action. I think there should be a tweak in the philosophy, maybe have Scotty in those actions, whatever the case might be. The Raptors are going to have to step it up defensively if they're going to have a chance to keep up with them. Scoring is not an issue for Atlanta, but it is an issue for the Raptors. So the Raptors are going to have to slow them down, be sound defensively, use them with that power game. It's not going to be pretty. But maybe that's the kind of victory and the type of game that the Raptors need to play right now. Just go out there, give it your best shot, let it be consistent. If you can have a great start, you can have a great finish. I don't think it's a tall ask for the Raptors. I think that playing a strong 48 minutes is unrealistic every single night. But the margin of error is very, very small for the Raptors. So... If they cannot hang their hat on the defensive end, they are definitely going to have trouble winning basketball games. And we've seen it already. But once the Raptors are locked in, especially on the defensive side of the ball, winning ugly games will definitely sway in their favor. And that is a podcast, folks. Thank you to all listeners new and old for tuning in. I appreciate every single one of you. It has been a tough go. It has been definitely challenging to do these reaction pods. But I think conversations are necessary. I think it's important that we talk through it. I think it's important that we find the positives despite the negatives. I think Scotty Barnes has been the biggest positive from this season. And they are continuing to work it out. But time is definitely ticking. 24 games in. If the Raptors aren't careful, they will be a play-in team. If that much sooner rather than later but i will say this i think we've seen a large enough sample size to see that a change is absolutely necessary whether it's a change in the starting lineup whether it's a change in rosters management whether it's a change in upper management come december 15th i think the raptors front office should definitely do their part of evaluating they haven't hit on the trade market free agency or draft with the exceptions of a few if this trend continues they are going to have to do something and i think that's coming around the corner much sooner rather than later 
If you have not done so already, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It will mean so much if you take time to do so. And until the next episode, which will be very soon, everyone, please continue to stay healthy and stay safe. Good people. Peace.